I think you think about this. I'm not sure you speak about it. I think it's on your heart, but maybe it doesn't come out of your lips. So I'm going to illustrate it, and then we're going to go to Jesus. It's always good to stick with Jesus, right? It's always good to have Jesus. So we're going to go to Jesus, and this morning it's going to be, I, I think, kind of easy, kind of simple, and it'll get more complex the next time we circle back to this and t- tackle this topic again. But I want to just introduce this and ease into this. And I'm not sure I've got it all figured out. But it's laced throughout Scripture. It's layered throughout the Scripture, this thing that I believe you think about all the time. So let me illustrate it first. You are downtown Dunedin on a Friday night looking for a parking place. (laughs) You're not late, but you're not early and you're trying to find a parking place, what, don't answer this out loud, what do you want? The police officer pulls you over. You were speeding. You were going 9, 10, 12, 13 miles an hour over the speed limit. I want your driver's license and registration. What, what, at that moment, what do you want? You're in a court of law, and you're guilty. And the judge comes out, and he says to you, What is it at that moment that you're looking for? It's hopefully a second date. First date went really well. She's cute and she's funny and, man, this is looking good. So you're getting ready to call her. Does anybody call anymore? You're getting ready to text her and you're getting ready to text her or email her or whatever you do. And you're saying, hey, what, what are you hoping for? You're hoping for favor. You're downtown, done eating. Lord, I need, I need some favor. I need a bargain place. The police officer, oh my gosh, please give me some favor. The judge, some favor. The date, some favor. I want to talk about today this topic of favor. Who gets it? Is it possible that I can have more favor? Is is favor even mentioned in the Bible? Well, actually, it really is. And I love Psalm 9017. And Psalm 9017 says, May the favor of the Lord rest upon you. So what's, what's up with favor? Does everybody get the same amount of favor? Do I increase my favor? Can I decrease my favor? Do I have to be good? Do I have to be moral? Can I get more favor with money? Who, who qualifies for favor? And so when we begin to ask ourselves these questions, I don't think we ask ourselves these questions about God's love. We all know God loves us. And we all know that God loves us unconditionally. The unconditional love of God is unbelievable. It's amazing. We know we have unconditional love from our Father. But but do we all have the same amount of favor? And is there something that you can do that can actually increase your favor? And are are, are there things that you can actually do that will decrease your favor? Well, first of all, let's see if there's more than one verse on favor in the Bible. Would that be a good thing, a good, good, good place to start? All right, that's good. So is favor in the Bible? These are all Bible verses. You've got your Harborside app. If you're new today, welcome. We're so glad you're here. What a day for you to come. And download the Harborside app, and all these are there. And these are all references. These are all Scripture verses. <clears throat> and it says, <clears throat> Noah found favor with the Lord. And the Bible says, Joseph experienced favor because the Lord was with him. And the Bible says 
the children of Israel found favor with the Egyptians because the Lord gave it to them. And the Bible says Moses found what? He found favor in the sight of God. And the Bible says Ruth found favor with Boaz because of God's goodness. See the tie-in? God, her, favor. And the Bible says that Esther found favor and kindness with her king. And the Bible says Daniel found favor and compassion from the officials. And the Bible says Mary found favor with the Lord. We, we just kind of read over this at Christmas time, right? It's a great Christmas verse, but it's one of those verses that we just kind of read over. And, and you, you see these verses, and I think you're asking yourself, well, is there any connection? Do, do, do any of these tie together? And the answer is yes, they do tie together. And then David, another scripture verse, he found favor with the Lord. I think one of the greatest things that, that David did is he was a worshiper, and he was always worshiping God. We found out from history that David seven times a day would just have a recorder record as he would break out into worship. Seven times a day, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, pra- praise the Lord, sun, praise the Lord, moon, praise the Lord with the harp, praise the Lord with the flute. David just bursts out in praise, and there were actually recorders that went behind King David all day long recording his outbursts of praise. He found favor. Samuel found favor with the Lord and with people. Now, that's a good, good addition. Is favor with God? Is favor with people? Or can I have favor with people and, and with God? What if I have favor with God? Will I not have favor with people? What if I have favor with people? Will I have favor with God? Do they both go together? Great question. And then Luke chapter 2, verse 52 says, Jesus increased in favor with God and with people. That's a strange verse to me. Jesus increased in favor with God? Why would Jesus ever need to increase in favor with God? Well, there's God and there's people, and Jesus would have more favor with people. Well, that kind of makes sense. So he'd have a greater ministry, greater influence, greater impact, more doors would be open. But why, why favor with God if he is God, which he is? And then I put that together, I go, okay, everything Jesus did, he did for us. He modeled for us. He was always trying to show us what we needed. Jesus didn't need to pray out loud so the Father would hear him, but he would often say, you know, God, I'm praying out loud right now. I know you see me. I know you hear me, but I want just everybody else to know about this. Or Jesus got baptized. Jesus didn't need to be baptized, but, he need, but we need to be baptized. And so Jesus modeled baptism for us. Everything Jesus did and does, he models for us. And so here's this verse that says, Jesus increased in favor. And so is, is this something that you ought to be thinking about? Well, I, I think so. So let's talk about love and let's talk about favor. While God loves everyone the same... Not everyone has the same measure of favor. We know God loves us. He loves us unconditionally. There's nothing you can do to get God to love you more. There's also nothing you can do to get God to love you less. Let me ask you this as a parent. As a parent, you unconditionally love your children. But are there times when you don't like them? You've already had communion. Come on now, fess up. 
You, you love them no matter what, but are there times when they do something that causes them to lose a privilege, to lose an opportunity, to, to lose a favor? I love my kids. I love my kids. Unca- we, we both do. But, but there are seasons where there may be a need for some discipline. Or there may be seasons. And so, so as, as a parent, I, I think you get this. And so God loves everybody. He loves you in Christ. The past is purchased, as the, as the song went. Absolutely, the past is purchased. Great song, great theology, great doctrine in that song. The past is purchased. So while God loves everyone the same, not everyone has the same measure of favor. So are you saying, preacher, that there are things that I can do to lose the love of God? No, you can't lose the love of God. Because of what Christ did for you, you're in. And you become a Christian, you're in. God loves you. But are there things that you can do to increase or to decrease your favor? Yes. That is exactly what I am saying. Next point that helps maybe clarify this. It seems like everyone is positioned to increase in favor if we effectively steward what we have been given. Have conversations with enough people, you know that most people talk about what they don't have. They don't talk about what they do have. Just listen long enough, and you'll hear people talk about, I don't have this, I don't have this, I, oh, I wish I had this, my sister's got this, my, my neighbors have got this, my relatives have got this, my business partner. And you just hear people talk about what they don't have. Favor is stewarding what you do have. What do you have? What has God given you? And how are you stewarding not what you don't have? Man, we could talk till the cows come home, but what do you have? What has God given you? And I believe the Bible is really clear that if you properly steward what he has given you, that favor of God for you grows and grows and grows. But I also believe that if you do not steward what he has given you, that favor will dissipate or shrink or become apathetic or lazy or whatever. So let's go to Jesus now. Let's make sure that Jesus is like okay with most of what I've said so far, okay? And I want to go with a story that you know so well, maybe you know it too well. In other words, I I think stewarding your favor is sometimes like not seeing what's right in front of you. I'm not sure that you need to see what's not been seen before. I think you need to see what you've already known. I think you need to see what's right in front of you. And so let's let's go to Jesus. It's a story called the parable of the talents. And um, there's bags of gold that represent five-talent guy, two-talent guy, one-talent guy. But it fits with favor in your life. And so going to ask you to look at this story from a fresh set of lenses today? Oh yeah, I know that story. No, I'm not sure that you do. Because as I've been putting this in the crock pot now for months, I realize there's a whole lot more to this story than I could ever see or could ever imagine. So here's here's the, the story. Jesus is telling it. He says, it'd be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Now here's where we get tripped up. Don't trip over this. 
not everybody started with the same. Jesus is not a socialist. Everybody doesn't start with the same. I'm not being political. I'm being biblical. And we trip up over this because we fail to realize that, that common sense says not everybody started with the exact same. If you have four children, you're a parent, you've got four children, you've got four grandchildren, all four of those grandchildren didn't start with the same. Of those four grandchildren or children, one of them can run faster than the other three or four. One of them is a little bit better with words. One of them is better with writing. One of them is better with numbers. Of those four, one was just born with more smarts than the other ones were. And if you're like one of four siblings and you don't know who it is, it wasn't you, okay? (laughs) I shouldn't have said that. So the bags of gold represent what's called a talent. And a talent is a weight. It's a measurement. And so let me just explain this real quickly because it's a great story. So the guy that got one talent basically got a half a million dollars. So the owner entrusted one guy with one bag of gold, one talent, and it's a half a million dollars. It's about the equivalent today. The guy that got two bags of gold, which is two talents, is about a million dollars. And the one that got five talents, you're good enough with math, got $2.5 million. So the guy that got five bags of gold, he's entrusted with $2.5 million. It's a story. It's a parable. It's really about how you steward what you have. Not everybody starts at the same place. Not everybody gets the same stuff. You are different than anybody else in this room, but it's not how you start. It's going to be how you finish. So one guy gets half a million, one guy gets two million, and one guy starts with two and a half million dollars. Don't trip over this. It's common sense. Each were given it according to what? Their ability. He goes on a journey guy goes away for a couple of years. The man who'd received the five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and he gained five more bags. So he had two and a half million dollars, he invested it, whatever he did, bought a business, sold stuff, whatever he did, and now it's worth five million dollars. He gained five bags more. The one with two bags of gold, he had, he had a million bucks, he gains two more, now he's got two million, but the one, but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. All right, that's not good, is it? After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five bags of gold. God in this story is the master. God in this story is the one who's given you skill and ability and opportunities. God in this story has has given you, the question is, how will you steward what God has given to you? I've got five more. The master said, you've entrusted me with five bags. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. And so the ones who are in charge of something and steward it well, that favor grows. And the ones who do not steward well what they've been given, their favor what? Yeah, it decreases. Bummer. And he says, come and share your master's happiness. I love this part about this, because if you didn't read the rest of the story, what do you know about the master? We've been colored by the excuses of the guy that hid his money in the ground. 
we're colored thinking this guy here is a harsh master, that he sows and plants and reaps in fields that aren't his own. We've been told this by the guy who's lazy. We've never been told this by the other two servants who never made any excuses, who stewarded their favor. Notice how people make excuses for why they can't ever do something. God's given you these dreams. And I believe most dreams that you have inside of your heart, they come from your Heavenly Father. Where we get tripped up is we think because we have a dream today, it's got to be fulfilled tomorrow. The mistake that Joseph made was at age 17 telling everybody around the table about the dream. He should have kept the dream to himself. Because it was 13 more years at age 30 till the dream got fulfilled. So the dreams inside of you may have to cook for a decade or two. I don't know. It's not the wrong dream. It just may have to cook for a while. And so the dreams inside of you are probably from God. But if you don't foster that and, and steward the favor that he's given to you, those dreams probably will never become fulfilled. And then you blame God. You blame God because of your lack of stewardship. Well, God just didn't bless me, and God blessed them, and God blessed them, and poor pitiful me. And so how are you stewarding not what you don't have? How are you stewarding what's right here in front of you? We don't know that this is a harsh taskmaster. What he's just done is he's just shared his resources with the guy who made the money. He says, come and share your master's happiness. I think it's interesting. We always look at this story through the guy, we always look at the, at the, at the master through the eyes of the one guy who made all the excuses. But I don't think that's maybe right. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. I mean, the master's complimentary. The master's building support. The master's rewarding him. The man with two bags of gold also said, Master, uh, you gave me two bags of gold, which is a million bucks. I've gained two more. Now I've got two million. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Incredible. Then then the guy who received the one bag of gold said, Master, I, I knew you were a hard man. I don't know that that's true. Maybe it's true. But so far, everything the master's done has been pretty darn good, right? The guy just didn't steward what he had. Why would you blame God for not stewarding what you've been given? We've been given so much. It's not what you don't have. Well, I don't have an education. Well, I don't have parents. Well, I had an uncle that was drunk. I had, I've been molested. It's not what you don't have. What do you have right in front of you? Right in front of you. I know you're a hard man, harvesting where you'd not sown and gathering where you'd not scattered seeds. So I was afraid, and I went out and I hid the gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master's just now repeating the excuse. Well, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I had harvested where I'd not sown and gathered where I'd not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. I mean, most politicians today would say give it to the guy who's got two right kind of interesting he gives it to the guy who's already got 10 because favor is directly related to stewardship you are in a position to steward your favor that's what you're in a position to do 
And so we learn this from Luke, that when we get more favor, God expects us to do more with it. From everyone who's been given much, much more will be demanded. And for the one who's been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means that God gives you favor never for you. He gives you favor so everybody else can win. That's why Jesus prayed, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can you bring heaven to earth? You can, by properly stewarding your favor. So if you never steward your favor, will you still go to heaven? Yes, because of Jesus' work on the cross. Yes, because of God's unconditional love. But God is going to give you so much favor for you to love and serve and help and reach and make a difference and give money away and and go on mission trips. God's going to give you favor so you can bring heaven down to this earth. You can bring heaven into your family. You can bring heaven into your neighborhood. That's a miracle when heaven comes into some of our neighborhoods. To see God at work, neighbors that are fighting and fussing over six inches of grass cutting, you can make a difference. So just as stewardship is rewarded, unfaithfulness now is judged. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Can you lose your favor? I think you can by not properly stewarding exactly what he's given unto you. And throw that worthless servant outside in the darkness where there will be weeping and there will be gnashing of teeth. Wow. So how can you have more favor. How can you get more favor? And we're just starting this today. There'll be lots more. I'm not going to do this next week, but there'll be lots more sermons six months from now, eight months, who who knows when, but we're just starting this process today. So I just want to give you a few examples right now from Proverbs. These are are just a microcosm of what the scriptures talk about with how to get his favor. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. You, you You want favor from God? You learn to love people. You learn to be faithful. Oh, God likes faithfulness. God likes it when you love people. You want more of the favor of God in your life? Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Now, you can argue with people, and you can fight with people, and you can put people down. You can talk about people, or you can get the favor of God. It's up to you. It's up to me. It's incredible the amount of free will that we truly have. For those who find me, find life. You got to come to Christ. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. it's, It's finding life in God through Jesus Christ. So it starts with that incredible personal relationship. And if you've never given your life to Christ, most of us in this room have. And we realize that we are in such need of a Savior, and His name is Jesus. Whoever seeks good finds favor. God just likes it when you've got goodness. There's just goodness over you and around you. You want to grow in your favor? You steward that Holy Spirit's goodness that He's placed inside of you. You want to grow in favor? It says good people obtain favor from the Lord but he condemns those who devise wicked schemes. You you want to have favor? You plot and plan how to help. You plot and plan how to make a difference. You strategize how to influence people to bring heaven down to this earth, to be Jesus. 
Good judgment wins favor, but the way of the unfaithful leads to their destruction. So how do I have good judgment? You put the right people around you. I think that's why we do connect groups here. We have connect groups to help people come to discipleship. And the more that you study the scriptures and the more that you pray, you see prayer and saying the scriptures are not into themselves. They're, they're a means to the good judgment. The reason we're trying to get you to read the Bible is the Bible's filled with wisdom that will help you to make better decisions, right? It's filled with good judgment. The king's delight is in a wise servant, but a shameful servant arouses his fury. So what, what is it that you can do to increase the favor? do the things that God told us to do. The Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, is the longest teaching that Jesus ever taught. And what's so interesting is, is Jesus is teaching in Matthew chapter 5 on that hill, and some of us have been there, he's really teaching that, yes, for them, but for us. He's teaching us today how to obtain more favor. So, so you want to have more favor? You be humble. He just says, blessed are the, and he talks talking about the meek and the peacemakers and the, and, and those are the things that increase the favor. You want more favor? You learn to love people. You love God. You love people. You want more favor? You learn to forgive. Who are we not to forgive? We've been forgiven of everything. Our past has been purchased. You want more favor? You learn to be a giver. Yes, money. Yes, time. Yes, emotional capital. Yes, you want more favor. God so loved the world; He gave. You learn to be. A, you learn to be a giver. I think you learn to be a worshiper. I really do think that's why David was called a man after God's own heart. David was a first-class sinner and a first-class repenter. There's no question, but he was a first-class sinner. So it couldn't be he was a man after God's own heart because of his immoral actions. But David was a worshiper. And so David would not come into this room going, what can I get out of this? King David would come into this room and say, what can I give? And so you learn to be a worshiper, showing God his worth-ship. You want to increase in favor? You 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 learn to worship. I want more favor, don't you? I want all the favor of God that, that I can possibly have. So I, I, I've broken this down to, to two things that I think are really easy to remember. One is be humble, and the second one is be hungry. Be humble, be hungry. And so you've gotten favor. He blessed you with linguistic skills. He blessed you with kinesthetic skills. You can actually fix things. He blessed you with being able to manage people. He blessed you with being able to organize. He blessed you to be a great investor. He, he, invest, he, he, he blessed you. And you have all these different maybe logical skills, engineering skills. You're good with numbers. You're good with people. How are you stewarding what God has given to you? So, so you, you be humble because God's the one that gave it to you in the first place. God made you smart. 
or God gave you opportunities for a business at just such a time when it was ripe. In other words, all these things that are happening in your life that are good, they, they've come. You got to go to college because your parents had the money to, to send you to college. Everything of your favor has come, and so now you're, you're going to stay and be humble, even though you've gotten more favor. And then you're going to be hungry. You're going to be hungry. God, I know you've given me this favor, but I, I want more. I, I think some of you have stopped getting more favor because you stopped asking. You've gotten more favor than you ever thought you would ever have in your life. You can't believe you're where you're at today. Preacher, if you knew where I came from and you saw my parents and you saw capital D dysfunction, family, you wouldn't believe. And so you, so you stopped asking for more favor. I think you'd be hungry and you'd be humble. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the favor. Thank you for what you've given to me. Thank you for my skills. Thank you for my opportunity. Thank you. God, I want a bigger capacity because I want to be a servant for you even bigger and greater. God, what, what can you do if I just pursue goodness and I pursue love and faithfulness and buy a bind them around my neck? What, what can you do, God? So here's the first thing I need you to do. Number one, what do you keep talking about all the time that you don't have? This shouldn't take about 0.00 seconds. What do you keep talking about? If only I, if we could, what, what, what is it you keep talking about? Okay, are we done with that? Grab that. Set that oversight in the dark for just a minute. Okay? Now, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? Huh? You got a good mind? Do you have good health? Do you have a good job? Do you have ability to fix things, grow, make things. What do you have? Do you have children? Grandchildren? Great grand? What, what do you have? So that's what I'm asking you to say. Okay, Lord. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now let me steward that. Oh God, let me steward that. Let me steward what I have. Let me steward it better. Show me how to steward what is right in front of me. Show me how to steward exactly what you, oh God, let me steward this. You know what your favor will do? It will. It will grow, and it will grow, and it will grow. And you know who wins? The kingdom of God. You know who wins? Your unchurched family members, your unchurched neighbors your unchurched co-workers in the office, everybody wins when you properly steward your favor. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray over you. Let's ask our prayer partners to come down front. Let's stand together. And maybe today is a day to come down to the prayer partners and say, you know, I heard every word. I understood about half what he said. That'll be a compliment, actually. So, so ask them to pray for you and help you with 
stewarding the favor that you have and it's right smack in front of you. If, if you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to give your life to Jesus. There is no greater person. There's no greater Savior. There's no greater decision that you would make today than giving Jesus as the Savior of, and the Lord of your life. Let's pray together. You are the King. You are the, and we are your servants. And, and whether we've got one bag or two bags or five bags that we started off with a childhood, or whether we got one bag or two bags or five bags in middle school and high school and 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, or 100, whatever we are, we want to be your servants and steward faithfully everything you've given to us. God, we're going to be really humble because it came from you. You put us here. You gave us this. You positioned us. We want more. We want a greater capacity, which means we'll have greater responsibility. But we're up for the task, Lord. Give us greater responsibility to assist you in bringing heaven to earth. In your name, Jesus.